Hello everyone, Dr. Stillman here with another Monday Masterclass. I'm a little late today. We're starting around 2.57 p.m. Plan is for these to be at 2.30, but don't hold me to it. Sometimes I spend a little bit more time prepping these for you guys than usual. So let's jump right into it. Today's topic, uh, which my premium subscribers get to decide on if you want to vote on that, join the premium subscription. There's a poll every Monday. Uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of those here soon, so make sure you sign up now. Um, the topic today is heavy metal toxicity and boy, this is a really, really, uh, big one that I love to talk about. So for starters, I have got a hair tissue mineral analysis secrets webinar coming up in late July. Clark Engelbert and I are going to be talking about exactly how minerals work in the body and how you can optimize your mineral status and what hair specifically says about your mineral status because believe me this is very complex and most people get it wrong and that's why not a lot of people do hair tissue mineral analysis but the value of this is cannot be understated i find this so helpful in my clinical practice so again that's in my link tree check that it should be the first link if you're watching this way later on and it's you know past july 2023 then it'll be somewhere else but check this out it's a really great uh gonna be a great webinar okay Second thing I want you all to know, I'm going to cover today big problems with heavy metal toxicity. So you get the big 50,000 foot view of how I view this in my clinical practice. But one of the big misconceptions that I see people struggling with is they think, okay, I probably have heavy metal problems. Therefore I need this or that or the other thing. And the truth is the fundamental habits you need in order to be healthy are going to naturally help you cope with and detoxify bad things that are getting into your body from your environment, which is why I always start with the fundamentals. Jim and I talk about this all the time in our group coaching calls and in our online course called the fundamentals of wellness. If you want to learn more about the top five health mistakes that I see people making that will through various mechanisms, impact your ability to detox from heavy metals, click the top five health mistakes in my link tree and you will get my video on the top five mistakes and why these are so important. Believe me, I could talk about all day how uh, heavy metals relate to your overall health and longevity, but I really don't wanna spend my time focusing on that in this video. That's a story for another day. But again, sign up for this because it's a great video and it will really help you understand some of the fundamental mistakes that I see most people making and that you're probably making too. Okay. So heavy metals, what's the deal with heavy metals? You're going to hear a ton of things out there about heavy metals. And I want to make this very simple and straightforward because I do not want to overwhelm you with information. I want to make it not only simple, but accessible and understandable. So the key thing for you to understand about metals in the body is that you need certain minerals, which are technically metals, iron, copper, zinc, selenium, uh, a whole lot of other trace elements in order to be alive. Okay. Mineral deficiencies are one of the number one problems I see in my practice, low magnesium, low potassium, sometimes low sodium intakes, low levels of iodine, all kinds of different elements. Many of the minerals that people get low on that contribute to their aging and disease. But within the periodic table, we also have families of elements that are toxic either when they're free and not bound or they're toxic in any dose. So the ones that I'm highlighting today are going to be aluminum and mercury because they're the ones that I most commonly see elevated in some combination of blood, urine, or hair. More on how we assay these things in a moment. But what I want you to understand is the, tr the truth about heavy metals 
and this gets lost on a lot of doctors, a lot of practitioners, is that as soon as they get into your bloodstream, your body is trying to sock them away in body tissue so that they don't create mayhem and havoc in your blood. And the other thing that your body is going to try and do is get these heavy metals out of the blood and into tissues that are not as important as other tissues. So it's going to put them in bone. It's going to put them in your muscles. And it's going to try and keep them out of things like your brain and your kidney. Because honestly, your bones can fall apart and your muscles can get weak. But you can't afford to be confused and demented and lose your IQ and run out of energy or so on and so forth or, or lose your kidney function. Now, that's there's a lot of caveats in there that I'm not going to get into, but what I want you to know is you have a huge capacity for holding on to these toxic elements in your body, and the fact that people think that blood levels are the appropriate indicator for heavy metal toxicity is the reason why most doctors think that most people don't have problems with heavy metals. I will tell you that when you start using nutrition and lifestyle and diet in the right way, you are going to see heavy metal levels explode in blood and hair. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. And when you do certain things in order to get those metals out, people come alive and lots of problems go away. I'm not saying it's a panacea. It's not the solution for all of you. It's only one component of an appropriate you know, uh, medical uh, intervention, right? And I encourage you to discuss this with a qualified practitioner. Yes, you can work with me and my team. Go to the link tree, hit the schedule for schedule a consultation button. You'll get emails with links to schedule with someone on my team to discuss what we're offering. And I walk people through what to do for their specific case in my coaching program uh, as part of my medical practice. So if you want to learn more, again, the schedule consultation tab is where to do that. But the bottom line here is that as these heavy metals accumulate, they tend to age the body. Okay. And this is not really a matter of debate anymore. It's just a matter of what's the magnitude of the problem and what are we going to do pragmatically about it? Because believe me, there's so much you can do. You could reinvent your life around avoiding heavy metals and detoxing heavy metals, but nobody has time for all the different detoxes that some people would want you to do. And I'm going to try and show you what I do and what I tell my patients to do that I see working and giving them the most mileage and benefit for the least amount of effort, basically the low hanging fruit. Okay. So what's the deal with this aging brain study, right? I don't want to get into too much detail on this because there's too much to cover, but what I mentioned before, this is not a matter of debate. It's very clear and particularly heavy metals affect the brain. Various studies have shown solid associations between metal accumulation, abnormal protein expression, and pathogenesis of neurodegenerative diseases, such as Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease, Huntington's and amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Okay. This review goes through the details of that. Again, I'm not going to get into that. But what I want you to know is this is very well established in the literature. This is not one of those, you know, hokey, hippy-dippy wellness, you know, topics that people talk about, but there's no science to back up, okay? So let's talk about mercury. It's one of the most important heavy metals, one of the number one heavy metals that I see in people's bodies. This is a great article by one of the luminaries of natural and integrative, if I may call it that, cardiology, Mark Houston a wonderful, wonderful um, author. He's written a lot of papers. He's really helped people understand um, a lot about cardiology from a natural, integrative, holistic perspective, whatever you want to call it. And so what I want to highlight from this paper on, of his, which is a great review of this, by the way, it's very, very detailed, um, is, is one of the studies that he brings out. Okay, so this is a study where they looked at men who are having their first myocardial infarction 
They saw a significant association of toenail mercury content, adipose tissue, DHA, and first MI. What does that mean? It means that they see more mercury in men who have higher levels of fish oil in their fat and a, and a sooner incidence of myocardial infarction. Okay. Why is this important? Many people think that eating fish is healthy and that's strictly speaking true, but selection matters. And I've seen elevated mercury levels in many men who are high. And, and I say men in particular, because the men who come to me tend to be um, doing the least for detox and the women tend to go all in on the detox kind of first. Okay. That's a very broadly speaking, but what I've seen is a lot of men come in and they've got, and the study obviously is in men, and the, the wealthier they are, the more busy they tend to be, and the more they tend to like their tuna and their swordfish and their shark and their king mackerel and their big carnivorous fish, which tend to concentrate the mercury up. So that's why you're seeing more fish oil with more mercury and an earlier heart attack. But wait, I thought fish were protective against heart attack. Let's talk about fish selection. This is why I'm very adamant with people that high mercury fish need to be a treat and not a staple. So tuna fish salad will get you in trouble. If you're a woman and you like going out with your girlfriends and you like having the, the spicy tuna roll every Thursday or every Wednesday or whatever it is, be aware. You may wind up with a higher level of blood mercury than you would like. And I've seen countless blood mercury levels that were normal, okay, but we bring them down and the person feels better. And we put them on a low mercury diet, meaning low mercury fish, and they feel better, okay? And I've seen levels of mercury in people's blood, for the record, that are associated with frank overt symptoms of mercury toxicity. The health department will call me when we get these levels in order to alert me. So it's not you know, just a, a, a rare occurrence. It actually does happen. But one of the things about mercury kinetics is that when you consume something like tuna, the mercury level in your blood is going to spike, and then your body's going to sock that away in tissue, and it's going to come right back down, Okay. That's why you don't want to do a blood mercury level right after a large, you know, meal of tuna or, you know, um, king mackerel or shark or whatever. You're going to get a falsely elevated reading that doesn't reflect your overall level. More on this in a moment. I'm not a big fan of blood levels for a variety of reasons, but it's a longer story than we can really get into today. But the bottom line here is that mercury level does seem to have an association with cardiovascular disease. Okay. Now, what's one of the other things that I'm mindful of in this study? So be aware that the freshwater fish in the United States has a very high level of mercury in it compared to historically. This doesn't mean that if you go out and you live in Michigan or Minnesota and you eat some walleye that you're going to wind up in the ER with mercury toxicity. If you live in those places, you know that's not true. But over time, it's going to accumulate in the body, and that can create some issues. Okay? And again... I don't, I'm not saying you don't want to eat fish. You do want to eat fish. That's a longer story than we can get into today. But understand that going for the lower mercury fish as your staples is really key, I think, for optimal health and longevity. All right? Okay. Um, I think that's enough about uh, mercury. Aluminum. Aluminum is the other one that I see very commonly being elevated in either blood or hair or urine. And I want you to know that aluminum has been very well established as a, uh, a contributor to Alzheimer's disease and as a toxin in the brain. So I avoid mercury in all forms. And it's in a lot of things that people don't realize. It can be in baking powder. It will be in a lot of underarm deodorants. 
it will be in your, obviously, your aluminum canned beverages. I have seen the highest levels of aluminum in people who were relying on a lot of energy drinks. So I want you to imagine you're the average person relying on an energy drink for your performance. You're crushing that um, energy drink, right? And you're doing that two or three times a day to try and get your brain going and your body going and your energy going. And meanwhile, that aluminum is wrecking your brain function chronically over time. Okay. So Jim is commenting. He's got a great, he's got a great point here. How does sun exposure affect the detoxification of heavy metals? We're going to talk about that in a minute, but the bottom line is that the sun really helps protect you from this, which is why all the illnesses that are associated with heavy metal accumulation uh, actually have to do, or rather um, you'll see that they respond to, or rather their, their risk reduces is reduced by sun exposure, right? Okay. So uh, aluminum, mercury, these are the two, just two of many that I, I see commonly the two most common problems. So I want to personally eliminate or limit as much as possible aluminum in my life, aluminum in my diet, mercury in my diet and, and in my personal care products and so on and so forth. Okay. What are some of the game changers as far as limiting or eliminating uh, heavy metals? So limiting our exposure. So we have lower levels overall and then improving our, our excretion so that the, what we do have, we're getting rid of. Okay. Some of the best literature on heavy metals actually comes out of Southeast Asia because they have so much pollution there. And so they're doing this research because it's relevant to the public health of those areas. Here in the United States, there is plenty of this literature, but uh, for better or for worse, we're not as interested in these topics as it seems to be they are. So in this study, it was very interesting. Um, they looked at heavy metal levels in the blood of people in this area of China, and they found that the... Um, concentration of heavy metals in human blood showed an accumulation effect with increased age. This is very, very important. You will see higher levels no matter what tissue or fluid, blood, urine, hair, you're looking at as you age. So older, more heavy metals. Now, do you get older because you're accumulating heavy metals or do you accumulate heavy metals because you're getting older? I don't care. They're bad for you. You want to limit your exposure. Make the tuna and the shark and the, and the halibut and the king mackerel a treat and not a staple. It's as simple as that. Minimize what you're getting of it from your environment and so on and so forth. More specific than that, I really have to get into the case with somebody and you have to be a patient, okay? But one of the really important findings of this study, which is found here and there throughout the literature, is that heavy metals were found in the urine and sweat of all the participants in whom they were measured in and were more concentrated in sweat. Induced micturition, that means urination, and sweating appear to be potential methods for the elimination of heavy metals from the human body. What does that mean? Okay. And one of the key findings up here is this. The levels of most heavy metals were lower in participants who regularly exercised than those who did not. So that means that if you exercise, and probably as most people do when they exercise, break a sweat, you're going to naturally be detoxing these heavy metals and you're going to have a lower level. We believe, based on what we know about metal toxicology, that this will lead to a lower incidence of disease, a better quality of life, and prolonged life, okay? One of the mechanisms here for elimination of the heavy metals is sweating. When you exercise, you also will increase your urine output because you're increasing blood flow to the kidney and the glomerulus, so more gets filtered. The same thing happens when you sauna, and this is why I'm a big fan of sauna, okay? So before I get into sauna therapy and why I use it and how I use it in a little bit more detail, I want to talk about the therapeutic role of garlic and vitamin C and E against toxicity induced by lead on various organs. This is a great article. It's one of many, many, many on this topic. 
And the bottom line here is this, your body needs certain nutrients in order to detoxify heavy metals, which is why it's not as simple as heavy metals in disease out. Okay. What diseases you get depends on what other foods are in the diet, not just what seafood you're eating. Okay. Garlic. What does garlic have? It has lots of sulfur. What does sulfur do? Sulfur goes into glutathione. Glutathione helps you detoxify not only heavy metals, it helps you detoxify organic toxins as well. So you're having a positive therapeutic effect thereby. Garlic has lots of other therapeutic properties, so many that books and books and books have been written about it, far more than I can possibly cover here. It's part of why garlic is a staple in my diet. Vitamin C and E, these are antioxidants. Vitamin C is a water-soluble antioxidant. Vitamin E is a fat-soluble antioxidant. I don't just hand these out willy-nilly and put everybody on them. But one of the things that you'll see improving people's uh, metal status is healthy doses of vitamin C. And you can use things like vitamin E in order to mitigate lipid peroxidation, which is one of the mechanisms by which heavy metals induce damage in uh, organisms. I don't get into the specifics of how I use these therapeutically on YouTube because I'm not practicing medicine via the internet. If you'd like to learn more, become a patient. Um, if you'd like to learn more in the background, you can enroll in one of my courses or coaching programs. Uh, Clark and I, I'm sure, will touch on this uh, during our course that we're offering on our hair tissue mineral analysis. So again, make sure that you sign up for that uh, webinar. Okay, sauna space. Why do I love, love, love sauna? So red and infrared light is something that we've generally speaking edited out of our modern worlds, world, world, indoor environment. This is a major, major problem. Why is it a major problem? Because red and infrared light charge your cellular batteries. And by charging your cellular batteries, they give your body the energy that it needs in order to not only function optimally in all ways, but also to get rid of bad things that it's holding on to. Sauna, particularly by making you sweat, will help you to induce or, or remove toxins from your body. The skin is such a powerful detoxifying organ that it has been called previously the third kidney, as in a third, a whole third organ dedicated to getting rid of heavy metals. And that is, by the way, the organ that gets rid of a lot of your heavy metals is the kidney. The other big one is the liver and gallbladder tree. More on that in a moment. But the bottom line here is that I love sauna. I live in Florida. It's hot as can be outside. It's like 99 degrees and 100% humidity here. And I still use my sauna every day as much as I can. I shouldn't say as much as I can. There is a crazy, uh, there is a, a point of diminishing returns and even harm with sauna which is why I tailor my sauna recommendations to the patient and their labs and their context. And I feel like a broken record saying that, but it's true. I start people at 20 minutes after I make sure that they have adequate electrolytes in their, in their diet and in their daily routine, because if you over sauna, you're going to demineralize your body and you're going to feel like trash, which is why a lot of people who come to me who are crazy about sauna and Lord knows I love it too. Uh, I'll actually tell them to stop because they need to stop and replenish their mineral reserves so that they can actually benefit from sauna rather than just running down their nutritive mineral bank account, as in magnesium, potassium, sodium, calcium, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the other thing about sauna, by the way. It, <clears throat> if I recall correctly, it does actually increase your elimination via the urine as well because you're increasing your cardiac output, and that's one of the effects that that has. Uh, side note, cold plunge or cold exposure also increases um, uh, micturition or urination so we might, although I've never seen anybody study this, also wonder if cold exposure increases your excretion of heavy metals by increasing the amount of urine that you're making. That's called, um, what is it? Cold-induced diuresis. That's the word. All right. 
enough about that. Oh, I have a discount code for Sonospace. It's an affiliate code. You can use it. It's in the description of this video. Um, I can't say enough good things about Sonospace. We're going to be interviewing Brian Richards tomorrow, uh, Jim and I, at about 4 p.m. Eastern, and we're looking forward to that. And I hope you guys will tune in. Uh, you can find a, a reminder for that and set a reminder for that on my YouTube channel. If you don't know, these are being streamed to Facebook, YouTube, and now Twitter. If you want to get notifications on a certain platform, log in, find my channel, set the notification bell, and that way you can watch these live. I'm doing these every Monday for about uh, 20 to 30 minutes each. And again, if you want to vote on these topics and suggest these topics yourself, then the answer is join my premium subscription, and then you get to vote and suggest topics. And by the way, you get a Q&A with me for 30 minutes after uh, these Monday masterclasses. All right. Next up, copper toxicity. Copper is one of the most fascinating topics in health and wellness today. There's a ton of, of uh, I'm just going to call it controversy out there about how much copper we need and whether or not we should eat more copper or more zinc or more this or more that. I'm just going to give you a couple of pearls about copper that I've found from my practice today so that you understand a, a little bit more about the context of this, right? So one of the great sayings in medicine is that the dose makes the poison, okay? What does that mean? It means that if you take a poison, sometimes you'll actually get a beneficial effect at a low dose and a toxic effect at a high dose. And this is, in some ways, or at least in some examples, this could be called hormetic stress, right? So if you go out and you do a workout or you do a run, your body's going to try to adapt, and if you give it the right amount of stress, what's going to happen is your body's going to adapt in a positive direction and it's going to become more resilient and you're going to be able to do that same run faster, more efficiently or work out faster, more efficiently and with less stress and a shorter recovery period, right? You've all experienced this. Now, the, the thing is, if you go to the extreme, right, and you do something like a hundred mile run without ever having trained for it, you could die. Do most people who do that die? No, most people who try that stop because it's so unpleasant. And only guys like David Goggins actually follow through on it and they almost die, at least in his case. Point is, you've got to be careful when you're saying we should eat more of this or more of that to understand that you're all at a different place. Some of you are eating tons of copper and you may not even know it. Some of you are not eating a ton of copper, but you may be hanging on to a lot of it. Some of you maybe losing a ton of it and not know it and not be eating a lot of it. And many, many, many combinations thereof. Why is this important? Because copper and any nutritive element, I don't care if it's zinc or copper or iron or selenium or whatever, these minerals don't work and they therefore aren't beneficial unless they're bound to something. Copper, or sorry, iron is actually a better example of this. I write about that in one of the chapters in my book, hang on a minute, let me get it from behind myself, Dying to be Free, which you should buy. It's available on Amazon. The audiobook's coming out soon. Uh, and I write about how toxic iron can be and why donating blood and getting rid of iron can be one of the best things for people. I've seen it over and over again in my clinical practice and in people's labs. So as we accumulate these heavy metals, and I should say minerals, they can benefit us if they're bound to enzymes and peptides where they're doing something positive. I want you to imagine it's a little bit like a cannon or a gun. You don't want that thing pointing in any old direction and just going off. You need to point it in the right direction. Otherwise, it's going to create mayhem. So why is this so important? Copper, when it accumulates in high quantities, will create a ton of oxidative stress. 
And this has led to a lot of confusion about metals and minerals. People will say things like, oh, well, we measured the copper levels in people's blood who had this or that or the other disease. And we found that copper, when it was, you know, the higher it was, the more sick they became. Well, the copper is not the problem. It's the body's inability to bind it and utilize it. And this is why there's so much confusion out there about what minerals you should take and why. And honestly, you're all different and you all have different kinetics and you all have different genes that govern this and you all have different diets and exposures and environments. And so why would any of you assume that you need the same supplementation protocol? Anyway, so with copper toxicity, one of the key things that you got to know is that the GI tract is actually a major regulator of copper homeostasis. And that's because 50% of copper is excreted in the bile. Guess what? This is true of a lot of your heavy metals too which is why I'm actually a big fan of consuming large amounts of fiber because that fiber is going to help keep a lot of the toxins from your your gallbladder in the gut and it's going to help you get rid of them. It's also one of the reasons why one of the most important questions I've learned to ask patients over the years is do you have a gallbladder? Because if you don't have a gallbladder, you are more likely to have a higher level of circulating copper because you're not excreting it properly. Ta-da! Then you put that person on, on bile salts as a supplement and poof, lots of their problems go away, particularly their GI issues. Anyway. All right. Excess copper induces not only oxidative stress, but also DNA damage and reduced cell proliferation. More on this in a moment. Okay. Remember that it reduces cell proliferation because it increases oxidative stress and DNA damage. Okay. Now, then they get on to talking about frank copper toxicosis and so on and so forth. There are some things here that you should know about. If you consume acidic foods cooked in uncoated copper cookware, you could get frank copper toxicity and you can get excess copper from drinking water from copper pipes. But guess what? It's not just that simple. And by the way, particularly today, there's more and more people reaching for things like um, beef liver, which is loaded with copper. And if you do that, I've seen more than one person swing all the way to the other side of the copper uh, uh, blood test level because they took beef liver. So be aware of that. All right. The risk of copper toxicity contributing to cognitive decline in the aging population and to Alzheimer's disease. Okay. There is a ton of data on this. I'm not going to get into it because it's a long, long story. Okay. But one of the things this guy points out in this paper is that there is a strong association between high levels of copper in the body that's free and neurodegeneration. It's not that simple because I've seen papers showing that the copper level in the in diseased brains or brains particularly that have neurodegeneration, the copper level in those cells and in the brains themselves is actually low, which takes me back to my point about the fact that you need to be able to metabolize and use these minerals right? Not just ingest them randomly. Which brings me to my next thing that I want to talk about, which is something called LifeWave. One of the key things that I teach my patients is that what you, your body does with the matter that you put in your mouth or smear all over your skin or otherwise introduce into your physical being depends upon the energy that you introduce into your body. And I'm actually wearing two of the patches from LifeWave right now. I'm trying the X49 and the X39. Um, and you wear these patches and what they do is they reflect light back into your body. And in doing this, they activate, um, specifically the X39 and the X49 copper dependent peptides. These peptides bind copper 
And then they take that copper and they do lots of really positive things with it. I recently started to recommend LifeWave patches after testing them myself, testing them in friends, and then having patients try them initially very quietly. And now I'm collecting a lot of testimonials and I keep hearing nice things from people about these patches. Generally speaking, people either see really remarkable results uh, or they don't see a, a benefit. And the beautiful thing for the people who don't see a benefit is guess what? There's a 30 to 90 day money back guarantee, depending on how you, you sign up. I want you to know that if you sign up uh, through, um, where is it? Uh, if you sign up here, if you go to join and you go to become a brand partner and then you come down and this link, by the way, is in the description below and you go to join us, uh, you can get the best uh, prices on these. These are wholesale prices and there's a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you try it and you don't see a benefit, you really haven't you know, lost out. Okay. What I like about these patches, just to be very clear, is that what I believe and what they've been shown to do is they're going to take that free copper and they're going to put it to use. So it's not just running around like a loose cannon creating a lot of mayhem. And sure enough, when I started to ask people who'd had serious neurological issues and serious problems with their minds like brain fog, fatigue, lack of stamina, these people saw big benefits in many cases, which is why I started to recommend them more. And the person who's got probably the best testimony on that is a woman named Renita Brannon. Renita Brannon and I are going to be sitting down and talking about these products soon. If you're not subscribed to my newsletter, please make sure you are. Um, go to my link tree. It's in there. It's Dr. Stillman Uncensored. Anyway. All right. Effect of some heavy metals on testosterone hormone in infertile men. One of the interesting things about heavy metals is the people who are, I think are doing the most interesting work on this right now are in the Middle East. And there's a very specific reason for that. Um, when you have a lot of wars, the munitions tend to dump a lot of heavy metals uh, into the environment. And so the levels of heavy metals present in the Middle East are insane. And there's actually very little biomass, as in plants, in that area or region to mitigate this problem. So the heavy metal epidemic that we're seeing in the Middle East is truly horrific. It's one of the reasons why I think war is so evil and perpetual war is clearly being engineered by narcissists and psychopaths who unfortunately run the world. And why I really think that prolonged warfare particularly is incredibly uh, destructive. And there's really no excuse for it. This is also why a lot of our servicemen have really serious problems with their hormones and also their brains. Imagine that. It all fits together. Okay. So what's this paper? What's the point of this paper? came out of the Middle East, specifically uh, Iraq, where they've got some of the worst heavy metal levels because we were deployed there for so long and we expended so much munitions. But one of the things that they found is that heavy metals were shown to be an indicator for male infertility. They specifically found that serum copper level was negatively correlated with serum testosterone level among infertile men. And what they're saying here is that they hypothesize that excess copper acts as a hormonal disruptor. The remaining heavy metals did not show significant correlation with the selected hormones. Okay, what does that mean? Heavy metals can affect fertility. We're in the middle of a fertility crisis. This is one of the reasons why we're seeing more and more people reach for bioidentical hormones. My uh, masterclass last week was on this exact topic, and it's why people are getting such benefits with hormones, because guess what? If you're looking to get a therapeutic benefit to recover from toxic levels of these metals, hormones are one of the ways that you can get around bioaccumulation while you're doing things like sauna and improving your diet so that you can naturally detoxify from these things. If I see problems with hormones, I start asking questions about toxins. That's the bottom line. 
So again, I want to plug the Fundamentals of Wellness course that I put together with Jim. If you want to learn more about these things and you are not in a position to become a patient at the practice for various reasons, you can sign up for this co coaching course. Jim and I covered the fundamentals that, as I mentioned in the beginning, really help you to optimize your body and your physiology, which is then going to help your cells be as healthy and vibrant and well as possible so that you will do as much natural detoxification as possible. Doing things like running after coffee enemas and, you know, clays and binders and biohacks and all kinds of crazy supplement stacks before you're doing these fundamentals is, I'm going to be honest, a big mistake because you are going to see really profoundly better results if once you incorporate those things, you are already doing these fundamentals. Jim and I put together a great webinar on this. It's on my YouTube channel. I think it's the first video if you go to my homepage on YouTube and you can get an idea of what we offer and how we help people with this course and coaching program. We had a great series of uh, two calls, coaching calls, uh, this past weekend where we really explained this information in detail and help people understand it. And we got a lot of positive feedback from those folks. Uh, so again, I recommend that you sign up for that course, particularly if you can't become a patient at the practice. One of the values of becoming a patient at the practice is you basically get all the benefits of this course, plus group coaching, plus access to labs, plus access to discounted supplements. Um, it's a really great program. So check it out. Again, schedule a consultation in the link tree below. You can also find links uh, to LifeWave and Sauna Space below, two of the products I mentioned in this video. As always, thank you all for tuning in. And if you'd like to join the Q&A with me at 3.30 on Mondays, it's for my premium subscribers and you can update or upgrade, I should say, to premium on my Substack. That's enough for today, everyone. Take care. Have a great day.